0: Hello, my name is Isaac Keith Martinez, and welcome to Isaac's Haunted Beard. Today we're going to be talking about the Riddick Trilogy, and those films are Pitch Black, The Chronicles of Riddick, and Riddick. Last week, or at least last week as of the release of this podcast recording, on Tuesday, February 18th, I celebrated... And who knows, maybe you did too. The 20th anniversary of Pitch Black, a movie that I saw in the theater back in 2000 and have really enjoyed ever since. I remember seeing Pitch Black and thinking, wow, that was a cool movie. What a great character this Reddit guy is. I'd love to see him in more films. But I didn't feel like that story lent itself to sequels. Fast forward to a couple years later, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who told me, Hey, I heard that they're making a new Fast and Furious sequel and Vin Diesel's not going to be in it because he's going to make another pitch black film. That's the way he phrased it. Now at the time, we didn't know it was not going to be another pitch black film, but another Riddick film where we take the character that we met in Pitch Black and expand his story. And I couldn't have been more excited. So, on Tuesday, February 18th, I tweeted that it was the 20th anniversary of Pitch Black, and I watched it that night to celebrate it, as movie dorks often do, movie dorks such as myself, and continued by watching the rest of the trilogy, the next day, and the following day. (laughs) So not all on the same night. Now, what links these three films together is the character of Riddick. Who is Riddick? Richard B. Riddick, usually referred to as simply Riddick, is the anti-hero protagonist in a series of science fiction action films portrayed by Vin Diesel. Throughout the films, Riddick is a wanted criminal, considered insanely dangerous. <laughs> There's constantly a bounty on Riddick's head. Riddick has been in and out of prisons throughout his life, surviving constant attempts on his life by prisoners, bounty hunters, and even alien creatures. While serving time in a prison known as Butcher Bay, Riddick received eye surgery from a prisoner doctor he paid in cigarettes to receive permanent night vision. This is so no one can sneak up on him in the dark. Riddick's eyes look like his pupils are shining. Now most of the time we don't see his eyes because he usually wears dark goggles. He wears them because his eyes are now sensitive to light. Riddick is an exceptional fighter. He's strong, fast, and agile. He's brave and street smart. He never gives up and is constantly put in situations that seem impossible to survive. He's deadly with any weapon he gets his hands on, but usually battles with knives although he's a murderer he doesn't come across as an evil psycho he's a survivorless often surviving against corrupt systems you know this is the future this is a space you know there's a lot of uh, a lot of bad guys out there and he does what he's got to do to survive he does have morals to me, Riddick is like Bugs Bunny. <laughs> that might seem like a weird person to well, Bugs Bunny's not actually a person, he's a rabbit. He's a weskily webbit. He seems like a like an interesting character just to compare him to, but I actually think of a couple of different famous characters as Bugs Bunny types. What's a Bugs Bunny type? Bugs Bunny is so clever, he can outsmart Anyone who tries to capture and kill him. Yeah, kill him. I mean, think about it. He's a rabbit. Hunters like Elmer Fudd are trying to to murder him. Because he knows he's smarter than everyone else, he seems to welcome dangerous situations because it's fun for him to escape them and humiliate his enemies. What I like about Bugs Bunny characters is sometimes I want to watch an adventure film without feeling any real tension or anxiety. I want to relax, never fearing for the hero, knowing I'm in good hands, trusting he'll survive anything you put him up against. So I just sit back and enjoy and watch them do what they do best. James Bond is like a Bugs Bunny to me. And so is Riddick. But unlike James Bond, Riddick is Bugs Bunny-like in a very violent, (laughs) R-rated way. Riddick is a badass. Now, the first movie that we meet Riddick in is Pitch Black from the year 2000. What I'm going to do now is talk a little bit about each film in the Riddick trilogy. And although I think many of you, if not most of you, have seen these movies, I know that these movies aren't overly popular, although I personally feel like they should be. So I'm going to be careful and give you just enough information to tell these stories without revealing spoilers, because there are some spoilers in these films. So here we go. Pitch Black starts off with a spaceship that crash lands on a planet with three suns. So you know that makes that planet super-duper sunny. (laughs) This is important. The movie's called Pitch Black for a reason. So the first half of the film, they really overdo it with how bright and hot and uncomfortable this planet is. So that when we get to the second half, where they show how that all changes and becomes pitch black, it seems all the more darker and all the more important That the Riddick character has these eyes that I told you about that allows him to see in the dark. Now, some passengers don't survive the crash, but among the ones that do survive is Richard B. Riddick, who was being escorted by law enforcement en route to prison. While there, they discover another ship they could use to escape. But it's not going to be easy leaving this sunny planet when they experience an eclipse, which puts everyone in the dark. Now, once in the dark, terrifying, man-killing, flying creatures take over the place. These are aliens that can only come out in the dark and they're quite unstoppable. And there's tons of them and you can't even see where they're coming from because it's so dark. It's like the aliens were all, oh, you wanted to leave? Because we were going to kill you and eat you. (laughs) So, who do you turn to, to survive such an ordeal? How about the double tough criminal who can see in the dark, Riddick? There you go, that's what Pitch Black's about. (laughs) So, clearly Pitch Black is a science fiction action film. But, the alien attack scenes can be considered scary enough for some to also throw in the term Horror into its description, and being a horror fan, I would be one of those people. I don't think that part two or part three would be considered horror films, but Pitch Black to me is like a sci fi action horror film. Now, it's as of this recording, I don't think it's streaming anywhere, I think it might be on the Showtime add on for Hulu. Other than that, it's not streaming. If you want to rent it, it's $4 across the board at all the different places that you can stream movies. If you want to buy the DVD on Amazon.com, it's currently available at $8. There's a steelbook for $36. And on Blu-ray, you can get it for $13. And that steelbook... That I mentioned earlier, yeah, I'm not sure if that's both DVD and Blu-ray, but if that appeals to you, you can look into that. Now, I do want to mention that before we get into the next movie, The Chronicles of Riddick, that there was like a pseudo-sequel that was animated and released straight to video called Dark Fury that links the stories between Pitch Black and The Chronicles of Riddick. But I didn't see Dark Fury. I'm not against seeing Dark Fury. Maybe one day I'll see it. But I didn't see it. (laughs) It didn't seem that important to me to see I don't know, sometimes those animated sequels kind of, not turn me off, but I'm not as attracted to them. But I mean, like I said, I would watch it. So let's talk about what I did watch. The sequel to Pitch Black is called The Chronicles of Riddick, and it was released in the year 2004. So here's what that movie's about, more or less. Kind of in a get-to-the-point kind of way. Uh, Because this is a much longer movie than the first one, and it's really busy. Like, there's a lot of information to absorb from this movie. But I'm going to try my best to just really shorten it in a straight-to-the-point kind of way. So, this film's about a fanatical... Religious army known as Necromongers, who are conquering planets and converting their inhabitants, killing those who refuse to convert. Now, the leader of the Necromongers wants Riddick dead because it's revealed that Riddick is quite possibly the last surviving member of a race of ancient warriors known as Furians, and it had been prophesied that a Furian would be responsible for his death. So Riddick is a target for this guy. Now Riddick finds out that one of the people he helped escape the planet in the first film, Pitch Black, is currently in an underground prison on a volcanic moon called Crematoria. So Riddick gets himself captured on purpose by bounty hunters just so he can get sent there. And once inside... It's his plan to help his friend escape. When the Necromongers find out where Riddick is, they go to crematoria to kill Riddick. Now Riddick and his friend do escape the prison. And Riddick survives the Necromonger's attack. But his friend is captured by them and taken to their planet. Now Riddick goes to their planet to save his friend and and fight the bad guys. <laughs> Will he succeed? Will he kill the leader of the Necromongers and fulfill the prophecy? You gotta find out by watching The Chronicles of Riddick, you do. <laughs> and it's not currently streaming anywhere. But as a huge fan of this trilogy, if these movies sound appealing to you because you two are also really into science fiction action films, I think these are movies that, A, you should blind buy and add to your physical media collection. And, uh, B, they're pretty affordable. So, you can't be like, it's too expensive. They're not. (laughs) They're pretty affordable. If you wanted to rent them, they're $4 across the board at all the different places that you can rent these movies. The DVD is currently available from Amazon.com at $8, and the Blu-ray is $10. Now this leads us to the third and final film in the trilogy called Riddick. And after I talk about Riddick, let's talk about the possibility of this trilogy continuing. But before we can do that, we got to talk about, from the year 2013, the film simply known as Riddick. Which kind of reminds me of the title Rambo, <laughs> and you can have a series of films, and then eventually just get to the point where you just call one of them the name of the main character. So, like Rambo, we have Riddick. Now, there's a reason that what I'm about to explain happens, but in order to tell you what that reason is, I would have to reveal things that. I'm not going to reveal on the off chance that you haven't seen these movies and want to see these movies. So I'm just going to skip that part and just talk about this movie based on just the facts of where we're at with the story. Forget how it happened. You'll you'll learn when you see it. Riddick is now currently stranded on a desolate planet. A planet filled with all types of dangerous, man-killing alien monsters. For the whole first act of this film, we see Riddick surviving. Just showing him and how he manages to live on this awful planet without being eaten by monsters. And they are like monsters. I mean, these are not aliens that are like the aliens in, say, Star Wars that can communicate through language. These are more like dangerous animals. And, you know, because they're terrifying and because you can't reason with them and they're just greatly designed and very dangerous, they're they're like monsters. Um, including, of, of all the monsters that you see in the film, a particularly terrifying monster. And I like using that word monster because that's how I personally react to them. They're like monsters. A particularly terrifying monster that dwells in water. He needs water. They need water to survive. This information. <laughs> It becomes important later. Eventually, Riddick finds an abandoned mercenary station. So, he activates an emergency beacon and announces his presence on this planet, knowing that since he's a wanted man and there's a bounty on his head, bounty hunters will answer the call. Once they show up to the planet, all he has to do is kill them all steal their spaceship, and escape the planet. Easy peasy. Well, not only do bounty hunters answer the call, but two sets of bounty hunters arrive. Bounty hunters that, at first, are against each other as they both want to be the ones to capture Riddick. And they're two very different types of teams. One's more um, raggedy, kind of, uh, bounty hunter team. I don't know how else to describe them. You know, more loosey-goosey with their approach. And the other ones are more like um, military type. You know, they have a plan. They have very specific way of doing things. Now, they both want to capture Riddick, but the more ragtag team, they get there first, so they kind of have dibs on him. Now, eventually, they discover that they actually need to work together in order to survive Riddick. Because we see Riddick's hunting skills. We see him just take off these guys one by one. And to make things crazier, both teams and Riddick must eventually try to work together once a storm hits the planet. Remember earlier? when I was mentioning those monsters that dwell in water, they need water to survive. Well, with the rains from the storm coming, that will provide, and does provide, enough water for the worst aliens on the planet to come out of everywhere to attack. And that is Riddick. Which... (laughs) Like the other movies, I don't think as of this podcast recording's release is not streaming anywhere. But it's also, like those other movies, about $4 if you want to rent it at all. the Different places that you usually rent your movies online. And if you want it on DVD, on Amazon.com, it's about $17. And strangely, on Blu-ray, it's about a dollar less. But here's the way you really want to do it. You want to get that trilogy Blu-ray set. For only $26. That'd be the way I would go. I And like I said, I, I phrase it exactly how I meant it. How I would go. And how I maybe will go one day. Because as of right now, I actually just have uh, the DVDs. Now, all three films were directed by David Twohy. And I'm going to do that thing that I tend to do a lot on my podcast, and I hope I'm not annoying you by doing this, but acknowledging that I'm not certain how to pronounce this man's name. It's spelled T-W-O-H-Y. Twahy? Hmm, Let's go with that. David's body of work includes more films that he wrote than directed. He directed seven feature films, but wrote 14, including some you've heard of, like... Critters 2, Warlock, Waterworld, and G.I. Jane. Now, none of his directed films are as famous as his Riddick movies. The closest would be the 1996 Charlie Sheen sci-fi film The Arrival, which I've never seen but I've heard good things about. And I was kind of lightly looking over his filmography and reading some of the synopsis of the movies, and they all seem interesting enough to check out. So if you want to, look at his IMDb page or his Wikipedia page, and that could lead you in the right path. Of course, the other person uh, worth mentioning with this franchise is Vin Diesel. However, (laughs) my goodness, this man has been famous for decades now. And is in one of the most famous franchises ever, and that's the Fast and the Furious, which I've never seen any of them. Uh, but the point is, he's too famous to talk about, and that it would be silly to waste your time, because I know that you know who he is. Even if you've never seen his movies, you've heard of him. He's recognizable by name and by face. So Vin Diesel is critic. And you may also find this interesting. You know, a second ago when I mentioned that I've never seen the Fast and the Furious movies. Uh, the only Vin Diesel movie that I've ever seen is Saving Private Ryan. Meaning a movie that he's in. And I'm, I'm not counting any of the movies that he's done voice work for. So I'm not kind of like, you know, Groot or anything like that. Um, I'm talking about... Feature films where he's uh, in them. You can see him. But I looked at his body of work, and based on the kind of movies that I enjoy, I think two movies that he's in that I would love to see eventually. I'm not dying to see them, but I would like to watch them. Is a film from 2008 called Babylon A.D. That's another science fiction movie. And then from 2015, he made a movie called The Last Witch Hunter, which I'm guessing might be an action horror film. Could be fun. Now, the only reason why I call this the Riddick trilogy is simply because there's currently three films. And who knows, maybe there will always only be three films. And if that's always the case, I am grateful that they exist because they're very entertaining and I love that they're there for whenever I want to watch them. But it does, these stories do provide you with enough information, enough background information about the Riddick character to suggest that. There's more story to be told, and um, if you if you like the character, and if you enjoy his adventures, uh, you like me, I think you would you'd really want that fourth film to happen. Uh, I would imagine that if there was a fourth film, they'd really finally reveal a lot of the mysteries that surround the character and his background. And I had heard that they were working on a fourth film called tentatively titled tentatively titled uh riddick for furia or maybe it'll just be called furia or riddick furia i don't know i hope it's made both david uh Twohy and uh, vin diesel have mentioned in interviews that there's a script and it's their intentions to make this movie i just hope that they they follow through i hope it's not a matter of them just needing money Because, I mean, Vin Diesel's worth like $200 million. He can produce this film. It seems as though these Riddick films are pet projects for Vin Diesel anyway. So, come on, make it. I want to see it. I want to see it. I'm sure there's other people who want to see it. What's cool about these movies? For me, and these are the things I want to mention specifically about these movies that I particularly like. And parts 1 and 3 have this in common. And that's the monsters. And I know they're aliens, but I think of them as monsters. I think they're amazingly designed. They're scary. And it's neat seeing them. Normally you'd see uh, characters like these in films where you just see them kill people. But when you put them up against a character like Riddick, you see how someone like him kills them. And... Parts one and part three is filled with cool monsters. And the fact that the dark is an enemy in both films, the dark being nighttime, you know, because in horror films, and and this is coming from the point of view of a horror fan nighttime is like another character in of itself. And the fact that part three adds that storm, uh, element to it also makes it very horror-ish. You know, it was a dark and stormy night. Now, the other thing I want to talk about is Crematoria from Part 2. That whole centerpiece of the film, the escape from the volcano planet, is incredible. And there's three parts to that. There's, there's A, there's the prison escape itself, which is really, really exciting. There's B, once they get out of the prison and they're outside on that volcanic planet, they have to survive the elements and that's really dangerous and that's exciting. And three, there's the third part where the necromongers arrive and they have to survive the necromonger. So you have danger coming at them from all, all areas. And it's a really, really cool part of the film. So this is, uh, Two of my favorite things that I like about these movies is the monsters and that whole prison planet sequence uh, on Crematoria. Now, like a true movie nerd, (laughs) I couldn't help but to fantasize about wanting a Riddick action figure. And then when I have thoughts like these, I think, well, who's to say there wasn't a Riddick action figure? So I went online and I typed in Riddick action figure, and guess what? There is. When the Chronicles of Riddick was made, they made action figures for it. So, I went to Amazon.com, and I typed in Riddick action figure, and I found out that if you want a Riddick action figure from the Chronicles of Riddick, it's going to set you back $200. Now, I'm not saying that it's not worth $200 in theory. I get it. It's a really old toy that they stopped making a long time ago. You're lucky to find it. But does that value really hold up? Who's going to pay $200? Riddick action figure. And the guy who's selling it for $200, can you imagine how shocked he would be if one day he checked his email and found out that he received a $200 payment for that Riddick action figure he's selling. I think he would be (laughs) amazed that someone would pay that much. But if you can find a Riddick action figure, it's rare, it's valuable, it's cool that it exists. I'm really kind of surprised that this trilogy isn't more popular and more famous when you watch them, or at least when I watch them, they feel like you're watching important action science fiction movies. They have all the all the elements of, of a popular franchise. And I feel like if this movie came out in the 80s, it would be huge. Are we just reached the point where we just kind of take stuff like this for granted? I feel like if I had a time machine, and <laughs> I went back into the 80s, and I showed people movies from the future and I showed them the Riddick trilogy, I think they would lose their mind and go, Oh my God, are these huge blockbusters from when the, you know, from the time that you're visiting from and I would surprise them by saying, no, they're not that popular. They're just kind of lightly known, (laughs) which is weird. So people, people who love science fiction action, please trust me. Please seek out the Riddick trilogy. I really think that you won't regret it. Thank you for spending time with me here today. As I talked about these films, if you haven't already, please follow me on Twitter at Isaac's Haunted Bee. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is also called Isaac's Haunted Beard. And keep an eye out for another episode of this podcast, which should be finding you next week, where I will talk about another movie that I really enjoy. So, uh, <laughs> until next time, what can I say? Be careful in the dark, especially if it's pitch black, because monsters might come and, come and bite you, bite you on the butt. Uh, <laughs> what a dorky way to end the, the podcast. Hey, thanks for spending time. I really appreciate it. Talk to you next time. Hello.